0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sports Reporters Assemble! Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it. The Sports Reporters, they've assembled after a week off where just i i did what i could folks i did everything i could i i tried to do whatever i could to bring my fellow sports reporters together last week but they both they just didn't want it they didn't want it enough they didn't want to come together they didn't want to congregate over the week's biggest sports stories so i tried a solo pod and it just wasn't the same i pretended that andrew was there i pretended that bob was there and it did not go well it was just weird but they're back this week, Bob Silverman of the Daily Beast up there in New York City. Bob, good afternoon, sir. How are you?
1: I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good. I'm a little sad, feeling a little sad about last week not having the heart of a champion that kind of Yeah. Thing.
0: Yeah. Well, you are a Jets fan, and a Mets fan, and an Knicks fan. So Well, oh, damn. Should, yeah. Yeah. I'm coming out firing today. It's really because Bob, Mr. Grumpy Gills over here this morning, like just the all caps, just the. We got to get him. We got to get him. Moving. What are
1: you? Were well, you still in the group chats now? <laughs> you're leaking the contents of the group chats? What are you? What are you? A, a friend of Heidi Cruz? I was about Come to say, on, I knew man. that it's was coming. Closer. Yeah, sure. Uh,
0: what a bad friend. Rude. Like, that is some really bad. Is it, is, is it a bad question? Oh, yeah. Is, is, it, a a no, it's is not it a bad No, is, is it isn't a bad I'm sorry. Yeah. Bad friend. Don't like it.
1: The group chats should be sacred, yes. But, I'm sorry. <laughs> if, if, if you are in a position of power and authority, like, say, a member of the U.S. Senate, and you decide to bail in the midst of a moment where millions of your constituents have no power, and you throw your own children under the bus, in order to blame them for failing to Cancun, and then you lie about how long you plan to stay in Cancun, and then you show up in the airport looking like a busted-ass Hank Hill. Yeah, I think you could, in that circumstance, we could find a leak. I'll tell pot. you what. Yeah. Propane. <laughs> yeah, they could use have oh, used some man. propane and propane accessories down in Texas right about now.
2: So yeah, okay, um, so that whole thing with Ted Cruz and like how he, he comes back with a state of Texas.
0: Oh, that's also Andrew Man up there in the northwest, oh, by the way.
2: Yes. I yeah, I'm ready to come out flying out the gate, sorry. Um Man, what a week for that guy. And it really all started last uh Saturday. And then you have all these storms. And then you have him basically going, you know, I think I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I mean, first off, escaping, you know, uh, escaping a massive storm when people are suffering. And I've got friends down in Texas, friends and family down in Texas. And they were doing okay, But it was just like, I'm doing okay, but I'm worried about other people and that was really the overarching theme so i'm still i mean i'm still thinking about those people but at the same time you're just like wait a minute you could have the power to you know get any type of resources i mean basically just you have all the resources at your disposal if you're mr Cruz, and you don't utilize them you just run away I, I don't know how that is electable behavior. Um, and I'm not trying to get too political, but, you know, I, I think about my friends and family down there, and it's just like, wait a minute. So you just decided to run? And, because it was uh, unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But not, see, my broader fan.
0: thing is just that, like, none of that would surprise me on either side of the aisle. Like, I don't think any of this would just dis- would. Really surprised me at all with any, any elected you know official. You
1: know, you know, my favorite part of the story, aside from the leaking of the group chats, which was just ma, nah, was <laughs> the fact that in the midst of this uh, yet another environmental disaster that could have probably been prevented with competent governance, um, you know who made out like a bandit mm. because of the uh, power outages? You know who actually profited?
2: Jerry exiledly? Jones. Wildly?
1: Jerry Jones, mother scratchers. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. What, uh, whoops. Is the owner of a natural gas uh, provider and producer in Texas. And so because of, like, the disaster, and there's, like, so many people, like, getting their rates Skyrocketing Uh, the natural gas uh, producer he owns is like selling their products at a premium rate in both Texas and Louisiana. How ironic. uh, And like, there's a quote I read in a Bloomberg story, which is the, um, the, the CFO of his company was like, Frankly, we were able to sell at super premium prices for a material amount of production, which is like just an incredible turn of phrase, possibly even more tone-deaf than what good old Cancun Ted did. I mean...
2: uh... (laughs) There was another horrible story. That's my favorite thing, which, you know, where capitalism like, the worst of capitalism showed up once again this week, and it's just like, and seeing these companies come together and put these, you know, word salads out there, you know, masked as statements, I'm just like, just just tell everybody how much money you made this week off of this stuff and leave us alone.
1: I don't, I mean, like, it's just, just, just like, uh, <laughs> yes, it, it's, it's terrifying for me. What's so terrifying for me is that this was a wonderful little cold open, so to speak, for the coming climate disasters <laughs> that are going to arrive with even greater speed and ferocity in the near future. And it's, I'm terrified of the fact, that, like, it's. Look, why did Texas? Why were so many Texans literally freezing their butts off this week? Because Texas decided it needed to have its own, like, regulated oil and gas production free from the federal market so that they could be all texas and say they don't have to, the federal government is going to push them around. That was a giant problem. They were even, like, that too might have been, have, like, even if they hadn't done that, somebody told them Look, 10 years ago, you better honking winterize this. Or else you're going to face a real crisis, and they just didn't do it. And immediately watching this turn into a culture war football, not to not to give a shout out to old Jer, but it was just so depressing. I was like, no, 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 no. There was time when a perfectly cromulent, uh, you know, um, how would I describe him? Uh, you know, like. Conservative government functionary should have been able to solve this problem, without it being ideological. But no, immediately we have politicized people, Bob. You immediately have people falsely saying that the problem is the Green New Deal, which doesn't even actually exist except as a fucking policy proposal on a website. I was like, no, no, that's not no. Like we can't like it's. Fucking Florida, Miami is going to slide into the ocean, and you're going to have a huge segment of the population claiming either it didn't happen or it was Antifa's fault.
2: Well, Antifa basically future. slid slid uh, South Beach uh, into the ocean like uh, Juan Pierre in the 2003 World Series. So hey. uh, blame Antifa. <laughs> I'm, we're, gonna, we're,
1: we're remembering some guys now. I say I liked Juan Pierre. We haven't had a good like slap hitting sixty stolen base guy in Major League Baseball for a while. Billy Hamilton was really our last hope for that.
2: That and, kind of guy is just gone. Yeah, and he and well, it's it's all about launch angle and velocity and all this other crap. I'm just like, just go out there and play the freaking game. Okay.
0: There are no more Otis Nixon's
1: man. No more like Otis Nixon. Where have you Friends gone, Otis? On Facebook, Nation by the way. Otis Nixon friend idea. requested me.
0: I have a very. Uh, oh. I remember Otis Nixon for a long time. Otis Nixon, uh, Marquise Grissom, Kenny Lofton, uh, Brian Jordan, David Justice. What an outfield during the 90s. Ron Gant. Those guys all hit dingers. Otis Nixon. Hold was. on. Kenny Lofton did not hit dingers, sir.
1: He he got up to like I think I'm not going to pull up his baseball reference page, but I'm fairly sure he got up to like 15 home runs a year. No, Kenny Lofton. year.
0: I'm, mm, let's, I'm Also, he is 53. Man, no way, Kenny Lofton, 53. Um, he only hit 130 Fair. over his entire career. Fair.
1: I I have his peak numbers: 15 homers and 73 RBIs with the Indians in the year 2000. Don't. How many years was that? He had double-digit homers for seven seasons.
0: Well, look, his one season in Atlanta, he had exactly five. Five.
1: I'm just saying, when the power explosion—the PD <laughs> the power explosion of the mid to late '90s—happened, Otis, i uh, not Otis. Kenny Lawson, in addition to stealing bases, it smashed some dongs. <laughs> I'm saying a guy. I'm saying the Juan Pierre type who hits one home run. That kind of guy, if he's lucky. But he's still considered a good leadoff hitter. Otis Nixon was the centerpiece of a number of very bad rotisserie teams that I had circa, like, 1991, 92, for those Braves teams.
0: Which naturally brings us, folks, to the Nets winning five straight (laughs) games, (laughs) Uh, beating the Lakers last night, Um, Kyrie Irving Hilariously asking if this is the Lakers' best free throw shooter after LeBron misses a technical foul. Free throw shot. Um, Kevin Durant, uh, also of note, did not play in this game. Andre Robertson, now Brooklyn Net. Um, the Bucks simultaneously have lost five straight. Andrew, are you more impressed by the Nets of late or are you more worried about the Bucks of late? Um, how do I put this? Neither. Um,
2: mm. And and it, and and the reason I say neither is, it's February. It the is about, that's true. That's the, it, the, true. Yeah, uh, the thing about the NBA, especially in the East, is whatever you see in February and parts of March, don't take seriously. Uh, mm. Because I remember the. Atlanta Hawks. I want to say it was 2015. They went on like this 18, 19 game winning streak, and five, just the all the whole starting lineup made the All Star team. Yeah, and so it's just like, oh man, you know, like everybody's kind of like, oh, is this is this going to be a year where the where the where the where, where the Hawks rise as a power in the East? And yeah, they like went out in the what, conference finals or, or or conference semifinals, something like that. Anyway.
1: They made it to the finals that year, I think. Yeah, I, I think, think the
2: they Eastern did. Yeah, they Finals. Struggled. Yeah, they made the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah.
1: Yeah, they struggled, and then LARB and Jam just smoothed yeah. up. But they did um, make the Eastern Conference Finals. Well,
2: yeah, and so I, I say that saying that right now the Nets are playing like the team everybody assumed they would be – you know, at the beginning of the season, because NBA Twitter and and quote unquote basketball, Twitter, whatever, thinks that, oh, if if there's not an instant five game winning streak to start the uh, start the season. Oh, my God, everything's terrible. Everybody hates each other. I think that both teams will be fine. The Nets are doing what I think we all assumed would would happen. I do don't see the issue with the bucks right now, to be quite honest, because teams go on losing streaks all the time. And in the east where we've realized that there's not one favorite, there's basically like this five headed monster that's just screaming and yelling at each other uh, every five minutes and doesn't know what to do. Maybe the bucks will be fine. I mean, Miami's having their issues either either one of these streaks yeah i'm not surprised or shocked but you know call me in may when when the playoffs get to the conference semifinals and maybe even conference finals and we'll we'll see what these teams look like matching up and, and all that
0: interesting i um I have been saying for, for weeks, uh, and it's interesting to get different um, smart NBA people's perspective on this, where they want to talk themselves into the Bucs, they want to talk themselves into the Sixers. The Sixers is the team this year that they're all talking themselves into. And I do think the Sixers have an interesting dynamic with the Nets, where they'll have Ben Simmons to throw on whoever's the hottest for Brooklyn in that series, um, they'll have Joel Embiid and. Joel Embiid will try and force his way to be like, hey, you have Jeff Green at the five right now. This is not gonna work. And like maybe Brooklyn finds a buyout option from like the Andre Jemmons or the uh the PJ Tuckers of the world. Maybe we'll see. But I I just think it's going to be impossible to beat this team four times out of seven in the seven game series. Like the if Kyrie Irving, if Joe Harris, if um Kevin Durant and uh, James Harden are all playing in that seven game series and they're all 90% or better health wise maybe even 80% there is no path to beating them there's no path to outscoring them there just isn't and the Lakers and the Clippers will give them the best opportunity because of where they are on both sides of the ball but I don't know. That's just me. I think people are overthinking it, and it's not as fun, and I don't think people want it to happen. I really have noticed that there there's going to be a disconnect, and they don't want to see Kyrie with his um, walking stick go strut through the NBA Finals, and James Harden, who forced his way out of Houston the way he did, to waltz his way through the East. But I really do believe the the Nets are going to waltz through the East. They play up to their competition. They just... They did it against LeBron and 80 did not play, so that's a big part of this too. But like Kevin Durant didn't play, and we saw what this offense looks like, and their defense is starting to figure out a little bit. Joe Harris is going to get a bunch of open looks. Uh, Landry Shamit was doing some stuff. Timothy Luau Cabaret. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm never going to, he's TLC. I, I just like where they're at, and I think the Nets are just going to run roughshod through the East. What do you think, Bob?
1: Uh, Bucks frauds. Nets. Also frauds. Fixers, frauds. Everyone in the East is a fraud. Thank so you. Not, not everyone. You. you think
0: Brooklyn's still a fraud?
1: Brooklyn, fraud. Fraud. Mm. You know who doesn't play defense? People who aren't frauds. Okay. People who are frauds. Don't play. Yes, that's it.
2: People who are frauds don't play defense. There go the Nets Are frauds. All I think about is the 2011... Bull, not Bulls, but the 2011 Miami Heat. When I saw, well, you know, when you get Kyrie, when you get Kevin Durant, when you get James Harden, that's all I could think about. And the reason why is you think about how we all expected them to just waltz through. They were going to basically buy themselves a championship. And, Yeah. We can't get to, we can't put the cart before the horse, because we've got a long way to go. Injuries can can be a factor, and I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but... Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G, because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. I, I need to see them finish the job. Um, especially in the NBA, where literally there's 16 teams on a good night that can beat anybody. And maybe even, you know, less than that, maybe 12. But you're going to end up being in a series with a team. I mean, you could see potentially a team like the Heat or a team like the Bucks or a team like the Sixers in the conference finals. Those, those teams are good enough to... And we may not see it right now, but if you get in a dogfight with one of those teams, what you thought would maybe go five or six is definitely going seven, and now you're looking at each other like, oh, shit. Like, every team has gone through this. I wonder what is going to happen with Brooklyn, you know, on May 19th. Because we all know that they're good. We all know – that this team should reach a conference finals, maybe should even reach an NBA finals. But we've got a long way to go, and I'm not ready to crown not one damn team in this league yet.
0: Fair. That's fair. Um, the Carson Wentz trade, it, uh, it happened. It finally happened. Um, everyone but Deshaun Watson is getting traded this offseason. Um, Bob, when you saw Carson getting moved... For what will ultimately be a first-round pick and a third-round pick, because if Carson plays seventy-five percent of the snaps this season or more for Indianapolis, then he, uh, the the pick that's a second rounder right now, turns into a first rounder for Philadelphia. I thought this is a pretty solid haul. It's pretty amazing that PFF uh, suggested this exact trade like the day before it happened <laughs> on Twitter. But um, it's a gamble that the Colts had to make. Um, they lose Philip Rivers. Jacoby Brissett is going to be gone in free agency. What do you make of Carson Wentz moving on from Philadelphia? And do you think there is a better than average chance that he figures it out in Indianapolis under his former OC, Frank Reich? Uh,
1: no, also a fraud. Okay. <laughs> was, was fraud. Um Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a shot, I guess. He, could be, he might be fine. It, they're, they're, look, it's a two-year rental for them to figure it out. Indianapolis is not in a position to pick up a better starting quarterback right now. And they that's a good team with that offensive line with uh, Jonathan Taylor, with the defensive got. they did need a kind of a plug and play starter. I don't know if Carson Wentz is that guy, um, but moving up in the draft and, and getting a rookie was not on the table. Phillip Rivers and his 23 kids have marched off into the NFL <laughs> faster. And so, um, yeah, I mean, for, for Indianapolis, I understand the trade. They did not pay a hefty price, but it's really amazing how not just bad, but historically bad Carson Wentz was last year. He attempted some Carson Wentz pass, passes were just. It was one of those like, have you played football before? You do you know that you're not supposed to do that? What the hell, man? Um, I have a friend of mine who is a, a, a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I texted him the moment that the Shefty posted the trade, and he was, on the one hand, incredibly mad that they got so little for him, and I had to explain that, one, Stafford is still good, yeah. and that basically the picks were a kind of Jared Goff's terrible contract tax, and two, that... Wentz is bad. And he agreed with the second part of my argument, being a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, But he was still very extremely mad and also happy that Jalen Hurts will probably get a shot. And then I said that, well, I would not be surprised if the Eagles maneuvered to try to get... Whichever of uh, Wilson or Fields doesn't fall, and then he got mad all over again. So, you know, standard Philadelphia Eagles fans.
0: I don't think Hurts um, is going to be the guy. I think people who are just walking in to Jalen Hurts just being the guy and then pouring the resources there, they're going to eat a bunch of dead money. So I don't think it's going to be the Wilsons of the world because they just don't have the resources or the money to do that. But I do think that there is a strong possibility they use one of their first-round picks on a quarterback. I am not convinced that they are all in on Jalen Hurts. And I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. Yeah, Jalen
1: Hurts is fun. I like watching Jalen Hurts. He's fun to watch. But those are two different
0: conversations, right? Is that whether or not we enjoy it and whether or not we'd like to see him get a shot versus what I think Howie Roseman in this front office is going to do. I don't think that's going to be the
2: case. If they get a quarterback, Jesus Christ. If they get a quarterback in the first round, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm flipping over every table in the Philadelphia Eagles uh, facility. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I almost yeah. cussed a few times, but yeah, no. I want him in New Orleans. Yeah. No, like what I, like, where, I what want Jalen other... Hurts is New Orleans. Like that was where I wanted yeah. him in the draft. Is like I wanted to see him get to sit with Breeze for a year or two, and then just him get to um, where. Yeah, with they, Sean they, they, they
1: they
0: they're trying to make Taysom Hill happen. So that's gonna not happening. Another... Taysom Hill is not happening. No.
1: Trump, but they're trying to make Taysom Hill happen. That's what they're doing.
0: It's yeah. They tried um, last I, year where it's like a first round tender on him when he was a restricted free agent. It's like, what in the world? Who is giving up a first round pick for Taysom Hill? Like, there. I actually respect the hustle. Taysom. I love. I actually I, respect I don't hustle. like
2: Taysom Hill. I. The only thing that I have to say about this trade mm-hmm. with Carson Wentz, because I look, it's going to be a three team race in the AFC South anyway. Um uh, and because I, I mean yeah, remember, Jacksonville is essentially a quarterback away from being somewhat watchable. Um but yeah, I mean the only reason I'm I look at that Carson Wentz trade and you know sadly we didn't have a show last week, so I couldn't go on my uh JJ Watt. Yeah, mm. uh, the Texans let JJ Watt go for basically nothing. Uh, rant when you're in the middle of a rebuild. <laughs> Good job. Way to go. And everybody's like, well, why would they trade J.J. Watt? He has no trade value. GMs are f- fucking stupid. Uh, Andrew, I, language. I know. We
1: discussed it.
2: <laughs> I know. Uh, well, and, and, and the, the only reason I say that is I saw Matt Stafford, who is older than uh, then than JJ Watt basically get dealt for two first round picks. I, I think it was one and a and a Jared Goff. Yeah,
1: yeah. I really think it was just one first.
2: Right, right, right. Uh, but, a, but but and and the only reason I say that is if you're telling me that Matt Stafford doesn't have or has somewhat of a trade value and JJ Watt doesn't. Okay, sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, mm, yeah. I think he does. Oh, he only, does. I
2: think he does. I think the only reason I say that is if you're going to be in a, in a rebuild mode, and this is why I actually like the Carson Wentz trade transaction-wise, I think Carson Wentz is a guy that maybe maybe this is just a way for him to get his confidence back because, I mean, you got to – if you're a quarterback in the NFL, and I don't care if you've covered the NFL, if you watch watched the NFL, you can see a guy playing with confidence. I mean, that just comes with watching sports, covering sports. You know when somebody's playing with confidence. Carson Wentz was not playing with confidence at all last year. And so yeah. you, you, you put him in Indianapolis. You make the deal. You know, there's picks involved and all that. And so I – Go back to J.J. Watt where I'm just like, okay, if you're Houston and you're you're basically telling the entire world, we're in rebuild mode, but we're keeping our quarterback, but you're reminding everybody and your actions are showing we're in rebuild mode. I understand if nobody wanted to give up a pick for J.J. Watt and you want to let him go wherever, but oh boy. Does that not yeah. look good if you just let him go? It's like, oh, hey, thank you for your service. He wanted out, and you didn't get anything for it when you probably could have got something between a second and a fourth rounder? Mm-hmm. I don't could get they, it. Could they? I mean, it kind of feels to me like JJ Watt wanted to go where
1: he wanted to go, and they were doing him a favor and being like, okay, you can sign with whatever team you want. Because, like, if the choice is between getting... I don't think they could have gotten more than a fifth round pick for JJ Watt. JJ Watt is great, but JJ Watt has not been healthy in four years.
2: Uh, That's Uh, fair. That's totally fair. The only reason I say that is if you needed to get picks and you wanted to get some type of draft capital, whether you know, you use it to move up or you you know, you maneuver your way through some type of trade, you know, whether it's in the draft or free agency or down the road. I, I just don't like the fact that they basically let him go for nothing I and think
1: letting him go reminded,
2: for the, save them more against the cap than they would have if they would have
1: traded him I think that's it I'm not an NFL cap knower but I think that's the case I think the choice was between a, a mid to late round draft pick or just getting a chunk of dead money on their cap
2: that's fair that's, that's something that I'd I I'd agree with I still say they should have at least attempted and maybe they did. Maybe they did attempt to, to 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 move him to a preferred destination, but yeah. There's teams that know what they're doing, and then there's some teams that are just I don't even know what you're doing. Like you're just it's just all vibes. Bob,
0: you're New York Mets, yeah. who are favored to win the NL East over hey, Atlanta come. Braves.
2: Let's stop sexually
1: harassing women. Yeah,
0: Let's that's uh, yeah. They should probably stop doing that. Uh, just uh, what was that this week? The hitting coach? What was that? There was another one that was like the under- roving hitting
1: instructor. Oh who God. they in the midst of getting busted for their general manager being a creep and their former manager being a creep. They also found out that their roving hitting instructor, who took over this year when their hitting coach was. Uh, declined to participate in, in the COVID season, um, was also a creep. And so they quietly let him go. And then someone figured out, hey, why'd you fire this guy? Oh, it's because he's a creep. So, yeah, I would say there was a culture problem with the Mets and may still be.
0: <laughs> what was your question about the Mets now again? You signed to um, Walker to a two-year deal like the yeah. Mets rotation like the Mets are they should be out of the Braves the Mets have done more they have more upside um, They have I, a, I believe
1: Dakota has the mid 95 wins
0: yep I think the um, Mets
1: are good, they're going to be good they're going to be a good team um, they could there's still a couple I would have liked them to sign uh, Trevor Rosenthal uh, mm-hmm. that would have been nice I feel like they need a bullpen arm or two Um but that's a good team. And if there's not going to be any DH, which it appears like there isn't.
0: Yeah. I don't like I Dom Smith and left field for you guys.
1: It's fine. I'd rather have Dom, like if there was a DH, it would be, you know, and you could move Nemo over to, to, to left and sign and could have signed Jackie Bradley Jr. That would have been good. But with the D with no DH, there wasn't going to be a ton of at bats for Bradley. So I kind of understand that. Um, it's not a great defensive outfield. On the other hand, if they give more playing time to the guy who I really like, Luis Guillorme, at, at second and, and shift uh, McNeil over to third, that could be a very good defensive infield. Like Between McNeil, Linder, and Guillorme, who could be a gold-glove second baseman, even though he's shaped like a James Harden, that could be an outstanding defensive infield. Yeah. Um our thirty Everybody second post on the internet for Marcus Stroman. Lots to be excited about in Metsville. The owner like the owner did not lose his shirt in the GameStop fiasco. It's it's a wild time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Um Andrew, FCS football is back this weekend. Spring football, it's happening. Uh Deion Sanders coaching at Jackson State this this spring. Um how excited. Are uh, are you about the FCS spring season? Can it be better than the XFL from this past spring?
2: Honestly, if you had told me this a year ago, I'd been like, "Oh, okay, cool." You know, because around this time we were starting to understand that, oh, this COVID thing might be uh, be an issue for 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 spring stuff. Um, but we we're like, "Oh, we'll we'll get through it." Now we're in a we're in a spot where it's like, oh. Spring football, uh, along with everything else, <sighs> I, I – wor- honestly, I worry about it. I worry about the quality of play. I worry about
0: Austin because I mean, played like three games this fall and they're playing this spring and then they're going to play again this fall. Like what is happening? I don't understand so, how this schedule is going to so, work for the spring. Yeah. And fall. I don't understand well, this. My,
2: yeah. And that's, that's the other thing. Uh, it's like a seven layer dip of confusion, uh, but no, but in, in, in all seriousness though, I, when I look at the FCS, you know, uh, spring oh. schedule, I think we're going to get the same type of just really iffy, up-and-down, kind of wild play that we saw in the first maybe four to five weeks, even four to six weeks in the uh, FBS season. And honestly, I'm not really sure I'm that interested. Because you want to know why? You're going to have the NCAA tournament, the NCAA women's tournament, You've got college baseball going on. Like, there's so much going on, and my fear is that the FCS, it's not going to be as pushed as it maybe should be, and it's just going to fall by the wayside. And they're gonna, we're still going to have the same COVID issues. You, you're still going to have teams being out for you know periods of time. I'm just not into it. I'm just not.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, closing your picks of the week this week, guys. Bob, what about you? What have you been reading? What have you been watching? What do you recommend? Bob's gone. Bob did not want to be here for this. No, I'm
1: no, sure. I'm here. I was just I I'm here. Sorry, I was just taking the Bob's the, over the, our shit. Twelve minutes. Yep. College football minute to make some more coffee. Um, (laughs) What am I reading? Oh, uh, today here's something I read. There is a delightful uh, feature in the Washingtonian um, where they talked to people who worked at uh, BLT Steak, which is the restaurant in the Trump Hotel that used to be in the old post office. And the, the servers and the managers and the chef dish all kinds of stories about what it was like to serve the MAGA ruling class over the last four years. And it's just filled with all kinds of delightful details and nuggets. I highly recommend that. Uh, But I am also going to watch WandaVision tonight when I get done with my work. So I'm excited about that. It's a weird show, but I dig it. It's fun. For those who haven't started, um, you probably need to watch all 10 Marvel movies first (laughs) and then have a passing familiarity with the comics. Mm-hmm. and then you kind of have to struggle through the first two or three episodes before it starts getting interesting but after that it's a lot of fun
2: so I highly recommend it.
0: Andrew what about you
2: all right so as somebody who is I would say I'm very versed into the uh, WandaVision uh, spectrum uh, yeah please watch the show Uh Hard
0: pass out on Marvel. Don't want anyone. really. Yeah. Don't are you gonna
2: like watch it. the freaking Snyder cut?
0: No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hold on, those no. two are not mutually exclusive. Like I cannot just because I'm just add on that does not mean I'm like let me dip my toes into the Snyder verse. No, 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 no. It's it's no on both. Okay. Okay. Um, here's
2: the, okay, yeah.
1: here's the here's a couple things about. I just one other thing that I don't want to mention. One, I am very much enjoying um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen's performance. But please pick an accent it, <laughs> it's just pick one it, well it's either a, you are, it's a it's a part of the story yeah but it doesn't really remain consistent about oh when it's it's it, it, it's it's not great um and it's the, the subtleties
0: is, that work okay andrew's um, all in on this andrew loves one division
1: it's It's quite enjoyable. I enjoy it very much. But I mean, look, it speaks to the larger problem with the Marvel movies, which is what Marvel has brilliantly done is make products that primarily exist to serve as a lure and an advertising for the next product that's coming. Like the point of watching WandaVision, as fun as it is, is mainly to get you hooked into the future X-Men slash Fantastic Four iteration of the Marvel Universe which, as an old-time X-Men comic dork, I will absolutely watch. But they make sure to seed all this little bits of information in WandaVision so you, the wise consumer, can feel smart about knowing, aha, this is a something that I need to know for when I watch this other movie that's coming a year or two or three down the line. Of course, it creates this kind of... It, Watching an advertisement for something that doesn't exist and knowing that you are being sold so, and being congratulated for being aware that you are being uh, marketed to is a strange kind of fan service and and it, it's congratulating you for being a smart consumer of something that that you that you haven't bought yet and as a as late capitalism I applaud the hell out of it but it's also kind of disaffecting where you're not able to actually just enjoy the thing for what it is without, again, it's true. Like no one can watch Endgame and Infinity War without having watched the eight movies that came before it. It's just not possible. You would be completely lost. And why people, the reason people like lost their minds, I think during the actual screening was that the entire point was to reward all the people who had watched those eight movies. It was it was three hours long because of the Easter eggs. To be honest, um, and I, I think it's sort of it's not like you can critique that in all kinds of ways, like I just did. <laughs> but it also works. It, I mean, if you do, you know, buy a ticket and take the ride, you're going to go all the way. Like I do need to know what happens in Wandavision because I do know that I will be watching that X Men movie that comes out three or four years from now. Well it, so, yeah, it, yeah. Go ahead, Bob, sorry. So in that way it can feel a little alienating, I think is the best way to put it. I mean it's one of those things where they they want you to know you are being marketed to and want you to make feel like, oh my awareness of the fact that I am watching a commercial more than an actual product makes me smart when in fact it just makes me a mark. So I'm conflicted. But That being said, I'm still going to watch tonight. So, you know, who's the sucker now?
2: Right. Well, and and the thing that, unlike unlike DC, when they tried to essentially do the same thing, Marvel basically kind of left... Like, people want this... In, in, in entertainment now, and, and with all of these "quote unquote" cinematic universes, because it seems like everybody has a freaking cinematic universe now, Marvel does it to where you leave enough breadcrumbs in some movies, and then you know you're getting a, you know, a porterhouse steak in the next film, and then hey, this film might be a happy meal, but oh boy. Do you need to kind of remember what's going on? I think with DC, it was just like, hey, here's three-course meal after three-course meal after three-course meal. And in in that three-course meal, I'm getting Aquaman. Uh, Thanks. Oh, Dude, Aquaman ruled. It It did. That movie is ludicrous. don't, don't, it's don't. ludicrous and stupid, and that's why I
1: love that. Aquaman yeah. is by far the best DC movie that they've ever made because it's right. so stupid.
2: And 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 it, it, honestly, with Aquaman, it worked because it was just like you know what you're getting with it, and it still works. But like what you watch Wonder Woman 1984, and you're like, well, I, I, I turned it off after 10 minutes. It was so it dumb. It was yeah, like I mean, I got maybe 30 minutes in, and I was just like, okay, I'll watch it tomorrow. Uh, by the way. Still haven't finished it. No
1: one needs to watch
2: it. It's insanely bad. It just doesn't... It's a terrible... Well, basically what I'm saying is DC is trying to basically give you the same type of breadcrumbs, but instead of just breadcrumbs, they want to give you this porterhouse steak every single time. And I'm like, guys, you can't sit here and try and hit grand slams when you're struggling to, you know, you're struggling to hit doubles. Like why why are you doing this? So yeah, when the Snyder Cut comes out, am I gonna watch it? Probably yes. Am I gonna actually finish it? <laughs> Probably no. Speak speaking
1: of accents, my favorite thing about the DC universe is that because Gail Ghetto cannot act, um they made everyone on her mystical island speak with an Israeli accent. In oh,
2: the- it was so bad. <laughs> and, and, and this is nothing against her. This is nothing against her, but just because you were talking about the accent with uh, with, with um, yeah, yeah, yeah. W- that there's actually some because she's conflicted, you know, in terms of I
1: mean, I, I get, I get why they're doing it and how they're trying to do it. I'm saying they didn't really pull it off.
2: Right, right, right. No, I, 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 agree with you on that. In, in terms of like the the reasoning behind it, but yeah, with Wonder Woman, it's just kind of like, no, what? she can't
1: ditch the. Look, she's an IDF soldier, so she dies. She can't ditch the Israeli accent, so everyone on the island planet is actually Jewish. Well, Who knew?
2: Yeah. well, and I'm just, it's, it's such a. It feels like they just tried to jump into everything with both Wonder Woman movies. I mean, you kind of got a a nice sense of, you know, a build in the first one. But yeah, it's just it's just way too much. And it's the stop and go, stop and go. And we really don't know how to progress characters. If there's one thing that Marvel kicks DC's ass in, I know language. Uh, It is. Oh, we know how to actually progress the storyline of a character. Yep.
1: Um, the I like I, look. Look at what they did with Loki, who is you know in the comics for the bulk of his history is a fairly rote Superman villain. By the end, if you really keep up with it, he like runs for president, and there's some cool stuff there. But like Loki is not. But I'm gonna watch the
2: Loki standalone. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be a good. Uh, from what I've been hearing, like what they're essentially gonna have him because I I want to say there's five phases of Marvel right now.
1: Yeah, we're but, we're. I think this is phase four. I don't know. They're setting up the multiple dimensions and timelines. They're setting up yeah. like. Multiple realities. It was hinted at in Spider Man Far From Home, which I still haven't actually seen. It's being hammered home like they're giving Scarlet Witch the powers spoiler alert, the powers that she had in the comic books to warp reality in order to introduce this, which is why you get again, spoiler alert you you get the you get the Quicksilver from the Sony X Men movies coming in. So you get the idea of these multiple realities. We'll get it in the next Spider Man movie with toby mcguire and uh what's his name uh the guy who founded facebook Andrew showing up Garfield. In field. I, yeah 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 it's gonna be exciting. marvel everyone <laughs> in any case chase is get like getting a big hook to put up. He'll pull us all off stage so i think it's wrap up <laughs> time
0: all right for that guy up there in the northeast bob silverman of the daily beast for that guy temporarily in the northwest Andrew Hammond, thank you as always. There's ladies.
1: an Easter egg for you, Andrew Chase chase Thomas podcast fan.
0: Sorry, that's how we're ending this podcast. That that that's the last thing listeners are about.
1: Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.